It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others and leading guests from the world of women's football. Cuts back onto her right foot oh. and finds the net. On TalkSport 2. Welcome to Women's Football Weekly. COVID once again took its toll on the weekend's fixtures, but there were important results at the top and bottom of the table. Leicester City hit back with a huge win over Brighton, which lifts them off the bottom of the table. And this could be a chance. Six one to Brighton! Leicester gets a breakthrough! Manchester City continue their brilliant start to the year with a 3-0 win over Aston Villa. Bloody Shaw waits for the delivery in the middle. She'll get the opportunity to score. She misses. Followed up by Stanway, who scores her second of the game. It's a Manchester City masterclass here. And we sit down with Angel City FC Director of Football and former Chelsea forward Enia Luko ahead of their inaugural season in the NWSL. It's nice now that we have a full roster of players that we can start welcoming to LA and preparing to start for the pre-season and the season ahead. All that, plus we chat Scottish Women's Premier League, the return of the Conti Cup, more contract extensions at City, and we'll tell you who's won in the FIFA Best Awards. Have some of that. This is Women's Football Weekly, National Radio's only dedicated women's football show. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others. Hi, I'm Ashley from Putnam Hotspur, and you're listening to the Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. Hello, hello, happy Monday to you and a very happy Monday to the wonderful Claire Rafferty <laughs> who joins me in the studio. It's been so long, Raff, former Chelsea, West Ham and England defender, as if you didn't know Women's Weekly fans. Come How on. you doing? I'm very good, thank you, Faye. I've missed you. I've missed you more. <laughs> it's been a very long time since we've been sat in this studio together, having kicked off Women's Football Weekly a few years ago. Uh, we're finally reunited. It's great to see you. What have you been up to? You know what? I've been um, starting my own business behind the scenes, women-focused content, um, just watching loads of football, enjoying WSL, um, and trying to stay safe in the COVID. Wonderful. Well, that sounds very exciting. Um, let's talk football, shall we? Yes. Because Everton-Chelsea was postponed after a number of positive COVID-19 test results and injuries at Everton as well. Arsenal-Reading postponed injuries in the Reading camp as well as COVID too. But there were some WSL games over the weekend and 11 goals across four of them. Here's how they sounded. And this could be a chance. 6 left, 12 Brian! Let's 
it through to Ellen White. Ellen White's ball, Manchester City in for goal number two. It's Lasada who's there to touch in on the goal line. Again, a free-flowing Manchester City move. Ronnie Shaw waits for the delivery in the middle. She'll get the opportunity to score. She misses. Followed up though by Stanway, who scores her second of the game. It's a Manchester City masterclass here. Yeah, really pleased for Georgia because, you know, we've, we've challenged her. We, she's more than capable of scoring these goals. She's capable of providing real quality for us. And, um, yeah, she's been impressive recently, you know, playing in various positions for us, doing a really good job for the team. Team's first time cross, and it's 3-0. Three goals in five minutes for Manchester United. Mandel's cross. It's a good one, and it's 5-0. Ayan for 1-0, and it's in. Nice to Sissoko, and again. Oh, now she's kicked the ball away. Well, she's going to do very well to stay on here. She's not going to stay on. Brilliant shot here. In towards Longhurst, who pinches a point for her beloved Hammers in stoppage time. I'm just going to say it again, have some of that. <laughs> Kate Longhurst with the best <laughs> celebration of the weekend for sure. We'll get into that match very shortly. Um, Raf, some cracking goals this weekend, but the COVID cases keep on coming and it feels as if a fixture pile-up is, is incoming as well. Chelsea's match against West Ham has uh, been rearranged for Wednesday the 26th of January at 7 o'clock. That was supposed to have been played on December 19th. Really difficult for teams still involved in the Conti Cup or anybody that goes deep into the FA Cup. Yeah, you know what? It's so stop-start, isn't it? It's hard to know, you know, what's actually going on and keep keep up to date with with the actual narrative of women's sport because uh, women's football, sorry, because you know that we look at the league as well. It doesn't really paint it true picture, does it? Because of the, the amount of games that have been postponed, mm. um, and for the players, it, it, might, it must be really frustrating because you know the, as the weeks go by, you start the week preparing for a game on the Sunday. And if that's not happening, how how do you actually manage the week then? How is the the, manage, the management team, the medical team, meant to prepare the, the, these these players for games that actually they don't know are going to happen, and potentially there might be a pile up? So, actually managing the training load is probably a, a real issue for some of these teams. And actually, funnily enough how many times have we talked about the fact that there's too many fixtures sometimes in player welfare and then we're kind of going the other way yeah. aren't we and then we're going to have as you say a fixture pile up um, th- there were four games this weekend though let's focus on the bottom of the table first of all Leicester won Brighton nil second half goal from Shannon O'Brien which was her first WSL goal it takes Leicester off the bottom of the table two points clear now of Birmingham Um what a way for Leicester to hit back after Birmingham's amazing result against Arsenal last week. Yeah, and you know what? I really like to see it. I love watching Leicester when they played um, Chelsea and they were so dominant through that game and so stubborn and organised and then obviously um, overcoming Brighton and getting uh, that win and lifting them off the bottom of the table. I, I think what I love the most was actually the, the energy straight from, from the outset. They pressed high. They It was a statement of intent, um, especially against such an organised team as mm-hmm. Hope Powell's uh, Brighton team and yeah I think it sends a message as to what they are capable of and installs a bit more confidence in all the players. Confidence that Brighton must be low at the minute though because five defeats in five in all, in all competitions What what's going wrong? You know I did uh, when when they're in the in the good run of form uh, uh, you, you know you look back and you think yes it makes sense because of the fantastic coach that is in charge there but 
I did also ask, how long is it going to last? Yeah. It seems a little bit like they've run out of steam, and I don't know whether that actually, it may be because they have grown in confidence and they're making taking a few more risks, potentially, um, which is leaving them exposed in certain areas. And, and I think, actually, they they are a bit guilty of, of not taking their chances. So when they do, you know, they did dominate the possession in the game. Um, but I think that it is just actually what they're doing with that possession. I mean, they're still in a decent position, seventh, uh, with, with 15 points on the board. But this was a team that we thought, as you mentioned, early on in the season, were going to be pushing uh, for that top three spot, if possible, certainly a, a fourth or fifth. Yeah, and it was quite um, strange to see that the goal came from what I thought was a bit of a defensive error, actually. There wasn't um, the decision-making and the kind of the leadership mm. that, that I have seen before. And normally from Hope House, how Hope Pals team, you see a very organised squad who knows their roles in, inside out. Um, and yeah, it just seems a little bit of a lack of concentration, almost taking for granted the basics. Mm. Um, and as I said, not taking advantage of the opportunities that, that they created. Yeah, well, certainly a team that did take advantage of the opportunities they created was Manchester United, a 5-0 win over Birmingham City, a hammer blow really for, for Birmingham, bearing in mind that fantastic result against Arsenal last weekend. Two goals from Leah Galton, Katie Zeller, Melissa Russo, also on the score sheet and uh, Birmingham City goalkeeper Emily Ramsey unfortunately credited with an own goal against her parent club as well it, it perhaps is a bit of a reality check for them yeah and I think you know it takes a lot of energy to, to play a 90 minute game and keep that concentration up and yes they had that fantastic win which you know with all credit to them um, against Arsenal but I think it was potentially just a little bit um to, I, I, you know what, you actually have to give credit to United. They were clinical. Yeah. Something that Arsenal weren't. Um, and for me, I, I really enjoy watching Leah Golton, the way that she dominates that left-hand side um, and acts as kind of a um, another attacker in that area. I think that she loves to get on the end of balls and her movement to to create something. It's really great when she's in the team because I know they've had their issues with injuries. I know Musk you know, has been a bit frustrated with some recent results. But they... I think he was frustrated they weren't winning some of the games they had expected mm. to but it seems like they're really buying into his game plan they know everyone knows what they're doing and yeah they've, they've got some great players for me obviously playing with uh, Chelsea with Hannah Blundell there I think their um, their, their use of the wide players is, is a key attribute for them and I, I think that's that was a difference um, against Birmingham It's starting to set up a really interesting battle for that third spot isn't it for for the Champions League and we'll talk about Manchester City and Tottenham's results shortly but Manchester United could they scrape in you know what the way it stands I think there's no reason why they can't if they if they continue their run of form um obviously this second half of the season you, you do see um teams pick up injuries obviously mm. the the break momentum due to covid is going to affect some teams as well um, and you know you see you've seen some of the top teams dropping points that they sh- you know against teams that they should be winning against. Um, so I think that there's no reason why they can't, and it's definitely something they are aiming for. And I think they're a team full of winners. Mm. Um, and if they start believing in, in, in their quality, then, yeah, there's no reason why they, they can't be claiming that third spot. This is what we wanted, though, a more competitive yes. FAWSL, and we're certainly getting it this <laughs> season, aren't we? Uh, you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2. I'm Faker Others, former Chelsea and England defender Claire Rafferty with me in the studio. Uh, coming up, we're going to chat through more of the weekend's WSL action. 
This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the only show on national radio dedicated to women's football. I'm Faker Others. Former England defender Claire Rafferty is with me. And don't forget, if you do miss any of our shows or you want to listen again, our podcast is available on the TalkSport app, so you can go ahead and download it today. Uh, right, two more FAWSL games to go through from the weekend, focusing more on the fight for that Champions League uh, third spot, if you like, if you're kind of of the inclination that perhaps Chelsea and Arsenal have got spots one and two uh, already nailed on. But this is Women's Football Weekly. You just don't know anymore, do you, as we were saying? Um, Aston Villa nil, Manchester City three. Certainly feels as if City and Gareth Taylor's side back to their best. Two goals from Georgia Stanway and one from Vicky Lasada. It's now four wins in a row for City. 14 goals, three clean sheets pretty impressive and you know what I do actually love to see even though I really didn't like playing against City when I when I was playing for Chelsea um, it's just nice to have that competitive edge back to them they clearly miss their experienced players but it was a tough tough day for Villa wasn't it um, I think it was quite a straightforward um, game plan that played out really well for City in the end Georgia Stanway playing you know, back in her, her position that she loves. Um, and you could tell everyone was playing with a smile on the face. They looked mm. like they were in, in, enjoying themselves. And they were a lot more fluid. Um, their movement was a lot more fluid. They, they were interconnecting and interchanging spaces um, and positions a lot more like the Man City that we, we used to see. Um, so, yeah, it's good to see. Key players back from injury, though. Yeah. That's I mean... Uh, we spoke to Gareth Taylor towards the, the start of the season and, you know, we were all aware that, of the problems behind the scenes that they had and bearing in mind their squad depth as well, it was surprising to see how poor that they'd been at the start of the season. But when you have big players like Lucy Bronze out, you know, you can understand why. Yeah, and it, it was it was quite telling, wasn't it, that how, how reliant they were on them experienced players. Yes, we speak so highly of kind of the, the likes of Steph Horton, Lucy Bronze, but I'd like to think that the experience that the other players gained um, in that time when, when they weren't relying or they weren't able to call upon um, top international players, um, that they, they learned a lot from the process. And I think, uh, as we've said so many times, the WSL, the, it, you know, the narrative changes so quickly, doesn't mm. it, week by week. So there's no reason why you know they can't go on and kind of re really re- reinstate themselves uh, as a dominant force that they were and uh, potentially it might just be a sign of what's what's looking in the future for, for Man City and how they're going to have to uh, almost go again around, you know, when we're talking about player recruitment and stuff like that because they can't afford to be in another situation like they were this season um, because it's detrimental to the club. You've you potentially got to say that they're, they're lucky in some ways that the rules have changed and there's a third Champions League spot up for grabs because, yeah. you know... it. it on, on form previous to, to, to now, you would think that it would have been hard for them to, to try and get into the Champions League spots. We'll speak about that third position shortly. I just want to touch on Aston Villa. They're on 10 points. They've played a game less than both Leicester and Birmingham City. But could they get dragged into this relegation fight? I think they could do, to be honest. I think it's a dangerous dangerous path they're treading. Um, it can change so quickly and especially... With games being cancelled, you don't know, you know, what's around the corner. Um, I think they are going to have to regroup after this game. Um, and look, is it, was it a game they were expected to win? Probably not. Um, but I think some of the defensive errors and the positioning w- was questionable. So I think they'll have to go back into the into the classroom and, and review some of that. And you know, they're a big club, Aston Villa, and they've got they, you know, they, they've got the infrastructure around them, and they want to be aiming high and. 
I think that starts with the next day after a loss like that, doesn't it? So I, I think they'll be going again in the training sessions, um, reviewing the game, reviewing what they did wrong and what they did right, because they did do quite a few things right in that game. Um, but I think they, they are in a, in a dangerous position, for sure. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, we'll talk about the delayed kickoff after two pitch inspections because Ollie Harder certainly had something to say about the pitch at the Hive as well. But let's talk about Steph Horton's uh, contract extension at City. No specifics on the length of time. Um, we'll go into that in a sec because that seems to be on vogue at the moment. Um, but uh, Steph spoke to the media this week about that new deal and whether or not she expects to finish her career at City? For me, I think it's just all about kind of taking every season as it comes. I think, obviously, to get over um, and play the amount of games that I've played over the last eight years, I know that I can be consistent. I know that I am robust. And for me, it's just about how my body feels, but also away from home as well. I think there's a lot of decisions to be made. So for me, it's just about kind of enjoying my football, getting back on the pitch and win, winning as many games as I possibly can for Man City. Good to have her back for for sure. Uh, I mean, with the additions, the return uh, of Steph Horton, Lucy Bronze et al. It, it does feel as if City are, are favourites to get that third Champions League spot, but Tottenham and Manchester United are going to be making that as difficult as possible for them. Of course, for Gareth Taylor's side, it's Arsenal at home uh, next Sunday. Uh, Talking of Arsenal, Leah Williamson also signing a new contract this week. Massive, really. Again, no specifics with it. Um, but the long-term future of the club uh, was was stressed. So it does seem like it's going to be uh, for more than just one year. And the other transfer to... to Why ha- is it such a secret? That's I don't thing. know. <laughs> this is what I was going to ask you. I don't understand why. You know, we, we've talked about the transparency in women's football before, haven't we? And there seems to be so much cloak and dagger unnecessarily. I don't understand why. Is is it because the contracts aren't strong? Is it because there's there's lots of you maybe know, potentially you know people have more information about it? It may ring, um, weaken the position of the club, but I don't see why a contract is a contract for a reason. It's binding, and you know um, maybe it's probably not as long term as they they potentially might have uh, might have wanted. But why? Do, yeah, I was going to say who who benefits from from it being who, cloak and dagger though <laughs> the club or the player? I don't get it. I don't know. I think. Um, it's a strange one because obviously I think when I was playing, it wasn't that long ago, I found it making me sound old when I say that, but it wasn't really even the conversation because there, there wasn't the, the discussion so much around the contract renewals, there wasn't the kind of big news around it. But I think with two players that are so important to their club, what you'd like to be hearing is they how long they've signed for. You'd like to know a number and you'd like to know it for three years, five years. Yeah. And then potentially the reason why they're not is maybe because it's one year. Yeah, maybe it's two years. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those really strange things. I think producer Flo has something to say on that. Yeah, I just think it's interesting as well that Chelsea have done a lot of contract renewals recently and done a lot of press about it and been quite open about who's here till twenty twenty four, who's here till twenty twenty three, whatever it may be. Big big names: Kirby, Jisoo Young, Sophie Ingle, Sam Kerr. Carly Telford as well with with a coaching role on the side. So and all time time specific when yeah, they send them out. Yeah. yeah, and it just seems really strange that one of their two two biggest rivals are all keeping their cards close to their chest with their biggest assets in some ways. Obviously with Horton, she's she's further towards the end of her career. I think it's mm. a little bit different to Williamson, but certainly a few weeks ago there were big rumours about where Williamson might be going. Was she going to go and play in France potentially? So I feel like if I was Arsenal, I would want to shout from the rooftops if it was a two, three-year deal that this is our player now and if you want to come and get her, you're going to have to pay a premium for it. So I think it's really interesting to still keep it 
so secret. Yeah. Indeed. I mean, I think that's a bit, for me, that that screams out they're not as solid as contracts as, as we may be assuming. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, Stina Blackstenius announced last week, uh, as we mentioned on, on last Monday's show, and that perhaps means that the door is open for a certain Vivian Miedemar to, to step out of it, Claire. Yeah, I mean, it does look that way, I think. Um, there has been obviously a bit of hearsay. There's, there's nothing solid about that but um black Sinios, you know what an imposing player she actually is we played played against her a, a few times in champions league and she loves to run into that space behind she has a physical presence she's got a high energy about her um and you know what they they might actually be playing up again you know with each other you know they're very different players so mm. it doesn't mean potentially that that um one, one will be going but yeah it doesn't look great from what Twitter has told me. <laughs> Since when do you get all of all of your... Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've spent the weekend trying to avoid Twitter after my comments on uh, the North London derby Uh-oh. being postponed. Uh, right, Spurs won, West Ham won. Cracking game at the Hive yesterday. Rosella Ayan putting Spurs ahead from the penalty spot 10 minutes into the second half after a clumsy challenge from Hoa Sissoko. She wasn't booked for that. She had been booked in the first half for a tackle on Rhea Percival, which looked pretty harsh, to be honest. But she should have had one for conceding the penalty didn't but then did get her second yellow uh, a couple of minutes later for kicking the ball away after conceding a foul really unnecessary wasn't it yeah it was really silly I was quite uh, having you know an ex West Ham player myself I would have gone absolutely mad if I was on the pitch because I think it's so petulant yeah um, and to weaken your team in that way obviously they went on to to draw the game but I think you know she, she had good intentions it clearly was quite a feisty game mm. and I think Tottenham played into that a little bit. Um, I think kicking the ball away was just silly, yeah. bit bit naive. Um, and yeah, I mean, she wasn't happy about it, was she? She wasn't. But you know, when you've got a captain like Kate Longhurst on the pitch, oh, trying to galvanise the uh, the side, <laughs> they fought back with with ten three minutes added time, ninety second minute up she pops. What a header from a distance, looping over the keeper, and then have some of that right down the camera lens. You know what? I watched that back about ten times. I love it. Um, it, she is Mrs West Ham like be, being in, in the training sessions with her being in changing room with her before before a game you just see the excitement and the energy you know she's crazy but she loves West Ham she's a fan through and through and as soon as she puts that shirt on it means the world to her and you can tell that in her performances you can tell her in that celebration um, but also she's just a great personality as well she's just Such a lively personality fun. yeah great girl um, and I was happy happy to see her, her score that header and it was really well taken as well. Yeah, a bit of a, a, a gut-wrencher gut for, for Tottenham really though where they're pushing for that um, top three spot. It's really tight actually. They've all played 11, Man United, Tottenham and Manchester City, third, fourth and fifth respectively. Uh, United and Tottenham both on 21 points and Manchester City uh, two points behind them. Who does it go to? Everybody seeming to think Manchester City are favourites for this but I'm yeah, not sure. I, you know what, I, I think... Uh, just t- touching on Tottenham again, they—they—it's they, the same kind of story about missing chances, mm. and and it, it seems to be with, with all them teams that are, are um, competing for that third spot. It's the small details, that concentration towards the end of the game, getting getting game plans right. And I think for me, I do think that Tottenham still are. I think they they are have one up on United, and I just think that that they seem a little bit 
I don't know why. I don't actually know why I think that. Maybe because, maybe because I know the goalkeeper, and I'm just being a little bit too emotionally involved in it. Um, <laughs> but I think they, from what I can tell, they love playing for the manager, mm. um, and you can see what it meant to them to not take all three points um, in in the game against West Ham. And I just think Rianne Skinner's done a real them. job, yeah. hasn't she? I think she's really imprinted on them all. Um, You've got Vicky Jepson in the yeah. part of the coaching team yeah. as well. I think that the, they're very clear on, on what they want from the players. Expectations are laid out mm. before each game um, and they're all held accountable. So I, I, I think they probably got a bit of a telling off after the game. You could tell, you saw her um, debrief after the game. She was not happy, was she? And um, I think that would be, um, that message would be sent, sent across to the squad. And yeah, I just feel like that she has a full respect from that team. And I think that's what might be the difference. Mm, few suspect decisions from the referee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was indeed. Do we even need to go in no, depth let's with not, that? No, not, let's not go to the referee. Let's stage. really hope we're Come not on. talking about that next <laughs> season Monday. as well. Uh, kickoff delayed by an hour um, after two pitch inspections at the Banks' stadium. Ollie Harder complaining about the pitch at the Hive as well. Again, you know, frustrating to, be, to still be talking about refereeing decisions and pitch decisions at this level it's it's the same old story sometimes isn't it i think obviously we get to this this time of the year and um, the weather um, makes things a little bit more difficult but it's the basic standards to allow these these professional athletes to perform at their best ability and mm. if we are not giving these players a platform to do so then there's you know everything else is what's the point in everything else if we're not it's about that product isn't it we want to get the best out of this we want it to be the most entertaining football we want the fans to come and watch and enjoy we want people to be turning on the tv mm. um and if the pitch is a state then it's not going to be fun for anyone is it and the players themselves it's an injury risk um and yeah we're talking about the same the same issues again i think obviously the standard has increased um, but it's still it's it's still not where anywhere anywhere near where I think it should be. No, I absolutely agree with you. Right, let's take a look ahead to this weekend's Women's Super League action with now. Women's Football Weekly Preview on TalkSport 2 with a Now Sports membership. Stream weekly weekend matches from the Women's Super League live without a contract from just $9.99. Search Now Sports 18 Plus, stream via internet, terms apply. So we've talked about Manchester City, Raf. They play Arsenal, 6.45 kickoff on Sunday. How do you see this one going? I think a galvanated Man, Man City, uh, revitalised. I think Arsenal seem a little bit wounded. Um, I think there's obviously a bit of an unsettled um, environment there with, with players potentially coming and going, new players coming in. Um, it, I actually think that Man City might might take this game and I, I and the reasons why are just because of they're like a well from the from the game of the weekend. There's almost like a, a, a new energy about them. They're almost born again into, into the season, and, yeah. and I think Arsenal are on a, on a slightly different trajectory. And the reason around that it's obviously that you know they either take this this game by the horns, Arsenal, and make a statement of intent. But I just don't think I feel like there's something missing there. I don't know quite what it is. Obviously, a player's out injured, but I really do think this is going to be. Um, City game, especially with with you know Steph being given that contract. Yes, we don't know how long it's for, but that in itself, that's the spine of the team for City. Um, and I think that does send a message to the rest of the squad that this is still the direction we're going in. This is still who we are, and 
we normally beat teams like Arsenal in you know in past history. So yeah. I think that's that's a well. That's... I tell you what, it would throw the cat amongst the pigeons, not just for the the, th- the third spot, but with Chelsea playing their game in hand a week on Wednesday, as well against West Ham, Arsenal sitting pretty four points uh, clear at the moment. That could mean game on for the rest of the season. Very much looking forward to it. Uh, right, don't forget with a now sports membership, you can stream the biggest moments from the Women's Super League, including Manchester City versus Arsenal, as well as Premier League, all without a contract. Search Now Sports. Women's Football Weekly Preview on TalkSport 2 with a Now Sports membership. Stream weekly weekend matches from the Women's Super League live without a contract from just $9.99. Search Now Sports 18 plus. Stream via internet. Terms apply. Right, coming up, we're going to be chatting to Scottish women's football journalist Chris Marshall about the return of the SWPL and some big developments with the players and the league. This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2 with me, Faker Others, and former Chelsea defender Claire Rafferty with me. Now then, we don't get to talk about Scottish women's football very often, don't we? And we certainly should do. The Scottish Women's Premier League returned from a winter break on Sunday. To discuss this with us now, Scottish women's football journalist Chris Marshall. How are you doing, Chris? Very good, Faye. How's yourself? We're very, very good in here. Let's go through the results from uh, from the weekend first and foremost. A huge five months ahead for the league, isn't it? Glasgow City, I saw, at risk of losing the title for a first time in 14 seasons. Yeah, it's uh, certainly... It was shaping up as a, a kind of three-way battle between Rangers, Celtic and Glasgow City, but Celtic have, have dropped a couple of points. Uh, they also dropped points at the weekend. They're losing... Uh, not losing, sorry. They're losing an equaliser to Hibs. Um, finishing one each week, they're fight eight points behind Rangers who are, who are leading away and perhaps have maybe been the team that a lot of people have been expecting to push Glasgow City furthest at the moment. There's been a couple of changes at Glasgow City as well. Obviously, Scott Booth 
went down to the WSL didn't quite work out for him down there and they've now brought in Eileen Gleeson who's a former Republic of Ireland interna- international assistant so she's still maybe getting her imprint into the side in terms of what she wants to get across but yeah at the moment it's it's Rangers five points clear and it's, it's looking like it's probably leaning towards a, a two-way possible team Rangers and Glasgow City. Interesting. I've seen that attendances have grown as well. I mean, we're seeing that across women's football, but how's it going up north of the border? Um, I think you could you could say that attendances are growing probably probably not at the rate that you'd want them to. And I think that's probably fair across a lot of women's football. There is a concern at the moment that Perhaps the marquee games, I mean, we have had a record domestic attendance this season. Um, Hibs played Hearts at Easter Road um, and got over 5,500, which for a domestic SWPL game was a record attendance. But mm. you would then go to the following Sunday and um, maybe that attendance hasn't carried over yet to the kind of week-in, week-out supporters in, in that respect. But there is definitely a feeling of when you're at games, there is more of a bit of a noise, more of a bit of an atmosphere. And that, that has come from people starting to buy into it. And yes, it's maybe a slowly turning warm at the moment, but clubs are slowly kind of waking up to the, the opportunities that women's football possesses. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because there are many opportunities. We're seeing that down here in England for sure with the FAWSL, but me and Raf were talking before we came on air about the future of the league up in Scotland and the and the Premier League breakaway that it looks like is happening. Can you explain to, to us and, and to all the listeners of Women's Football Weekly exactly what's going on behind the scenes at the minute? Yeah, I will do my best. I will do my best. But yeah, there is um, there is currently a, a mooted 10-team breakaway. So SWPL1 is a 10-team 10, 10 top tier in Scotland that we have at the moment. They are currently under the auspice of SWF, Scottish Women's Football, and they have been pretty much since, since its inception. Scottish Women's Football covers not only the competitive side, but also the recreational side, so the growth of the women's and girls game in Scotland. Um, but there has been a little bit of disquiet amongst some of the clubs about how quickly SWF has been able to keep up with the growth of the of the women's game, not just in Scotland, but obviously worldwide in terms of growth outside of markets not only Scotland. And the SPFL have made a bit of a pitch to oversee that. Um, and the SPFL, I suppose in Scotland, have a, have a mixed reception uh, in terms of how, they, how they've grown the men's game over recent years. But uh, the, the position now is whether the 10 clubs want to stick with SWF or move with the SPFL and move on the fair office. The interesting thing is it's pretty much the same model that it looks like has been pitched to the clubs um, in that it's a kind of subsidiary model where they would still have their own autonomy to a degree, but the the mechanisms behind like, raising profile and funds and sponsorships would be, be different models and there's things that play at that. For example, the women's game in Scotland doesn't take on any gambling or alcohol sponsorship, which mm-hmm. is something that the men's game does to help, obviously, um, facilitate funding there. So it'll be interesting to see it's whether whether the SWF have moved quickly enough to get their proposals out there, because I think that has been one of the things that has led to this scenario that we all find ourselves in this week in Scottish women's football, and it's whether the SPFL have made a pitch strong enough to, to get enough clubs on board to make that happen. Do you think there's anything fundamentally you know, important that needs to be addressed uh, in this current league structure that uh, that is being offered uh, in, the, in this new process? Well, there's been a couple of chats about making the top tier bigger, which I don't think needs to happen at the moment. The, the issue that we have in Scotland, and that happens in a lot of leagues of women's football, just now, especially as growth happens, is it's a bit top-heavy. You realistically say there's three teams at the top of the table and there's a middle pack, and then there's a rest. So you still have that inequality. Um, how that is addressed, I think, is definitely as much down to 
what clubs do at their side is as much as what the league do and whatever governing body is given given the opportunity to, to carry that forward. But I think for me it is very much about getting Scottish women's football out there. It's we always have a bit of a shop chipping our soldier in Scotland about getting getting our name out there in, in bigger ways and I think women's football in Scotland can certainly tap into the, the positivity that is still around women's football in Scotland and certainly help us grow. In terms of where you think it's actually going to go, Chris, which way do you think it's falling? What, what anecdotally have you heard from the clubs that they're favouring? Yeah, I've, it, it, it seems like at the moment. Um, so SBFL made their pitch uh, about a week ago now and SWF made theirs towards the back end of last week. Um, and it feels at the moment that there's a few clubs that have kind of set their path towards the SPFL already. And there's some that have kind of Veering towards staying where it is, my gut at the moment, given what the landscape looked like, is it looks like the move might happen. That might have changed over the weekend, and it could have been that the SWF proposal has, has, has turned a couple of heads. But it feels at the moment the mood music is pushing that it could go towards the SPFL. But until until obviously the decision happens, then it, it's hard to know. Brilliant. Thanks for keeping us up to date with all that, Chris. It's brilliant to talk to you as well. I'm sure we'll get you on again soon and and, and see what happens with this. No, no problem at all. I'm always happy to talk Scottish women's football. <laughs> always. Well, we're glad to listen to it. Thank you very much, Chris Marshall there, Scottish women's football journalist. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Others alongside Claire Rafferty. And next, we're going to be hearing from Angel City FC's sporting director, Enia Luco. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football with me, Faker Rothers, and former England defender Claire Rafferty. Uh, now then, we are going to hear from Enia Luco very shortly, um, and we're also going to go through the FIFA Best, which has caused a bit of a storm in the Women's Football <laughs> Weekly uh, studio. Uh, some shock horror uh, faces. I think Twitter has gone into meltdown as well. Just a tease for you after Enia Luco. We will be discussing uh, that. Uh, but in May last year, Enia was named sporting director of new NWSL club Angel City and they've since revealed the signing of US national team player Kristen Press and recruited some players in the expansion draft as well. Talk Sports Bradley Hayden caught up with a former Chelsea player to find out more about her new project and also the influence of former manager Emma Hayes. Emma Hayes has been a visionary for the game. She's been, you know, a real um, trendsetter, pioneer, obviously successful as well, um, which is important for a female coach um, to be successful, to, to be able to say, no, I've, I've done it, I've, I've achieved it. Um, and continues to to push the, you know, continue to push Chelsea to, to new heights. So I think knowing Emma as well, she's constantly trying to think of ways of evolving, not just for herself and for her team, but for the game. And, you know, she mentors a lot of female coaches as well. So she's an important person in women's fo- in football. I don't even want to just say women's football. Football. She's an important person for the game. Just how much has she been a trailblazer for women as well? Because it was really lovely to see on Amazon the other week, Brendan Rodgers going out of his way to, to praise her methods. And, you know, you, you've spoken quite, she's spoken quite openly about really driving standards and her analysis when she's covering football on, on, on the television has really won her plaudits for those maybe don't get to watch women's football so much yeah I mean I think Emma's Emma's one of the best coaches in the world so her analysis is is a given you know I I I don't really know why people are surprised about that she's really just communicating what she communicates daily to her team that's been really good to see you know really refreshing to see that the voice of a of a female coach 
holds weight in in the game. Um, we we need more of that. I think uh, it was great to see Brenda Rogers, you know, really um, shine a light on Emma and 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 again just endorse you know female coaches in the game because I think there should be way more female coaches in the men's game. There's a lot of male coaches in the women's game, um, and we've we've got to see more women going the other way. And I think Emma's definitely one that can do that you know and, and ironically I mean I think if Emma was the assistant of someone like Brendan Rogers, it would be a great move you know um or worked with Brendan Rogers, for example um I mean I'm not I'm not trying to you know be controversial here and tell her to leave Chelsea but I'm just saying for the future of the game I think it would be good to see you know female coaches working in the men's game How far far away do you think we are from seeing that? And what do you think the governing bodies need to be putting in place in order to to to, to give more opportunities for for women and and women from all backgrounds as well, importantly, in in the men's game? I mean, I think, I I don't think we are far away. I think already, you know, you are seeing, you know, an exposure to women's coaches like Emma from the men's game. And, And I think punditry helps that. I don't think it's something that should necessarily be forced. I think that the best female coaches will want to get opportunities because they're very good coaches, not because there's something being artificially created. And I think that there's the same for, you know, people of colour in the game as well. But I do think that, you know, recruitment processes from ownership groups and the boards of teams could be wider. So it can include women, it can include more people of colour. Um, so you're just getting a more diverse workforce that is, you know, on the on the football side. I, I really believe in that. Enia Luco, new sporting director of NWSL club Angel City, speaking to Bradley Hayden there, talking to us as part of eBay's Dream Transfer Window campaign as well. Interesting thoughts from Enia as always, uh, Raf. I, I know you're good friends yeah. uh, with Enia and, and she speaks a lot of sense, but I also want to mentioned to everybody that uh, she's so bang on that uh, Emma Hayes was named uh, FIFA best women's coach for 2021. (laughs) It's always as if she knew. knew. (laughs) Amazing stuff. Congratulations to Emma. So well deserved as well. And, And she talks a lot of sense when talking about hers and yours, former manager. Yeah, you know, what we always got from Emma Hayes, um, whilst was playing and even now, you know, she's very um, open and honest and some may say a little bit brutal, but actually it's there was always kind of like a tough love element to her. She always wanted to push for more and it was very much always about breaking boundaries um, and reinventing yourself. Yes, they, you know, they, they've won FA Cups, leagues, but how can you get to that next level? And in order to do so, you have to be surrounded by great staff. You have to be surrounded by people who, you know, are, are on the same path as you and want the same things. And also you need to be inspired by someone who is brave. And I think what Emma Hayes is, is very brave and, and she's, she really is paving the way for women's coaches, women's football. Um, and I think Eddie said it there that, you know, it would be nice to see her out maybe outside of, of Chelsea in, in in kind of different kind of roles because I think she has the potential to really, really influence women's football and in, in a really positive way. What do you what do you want to see her doing? Um I can see her, you know, on, on boards of, of, mm. of I think it's limitless to be honest. Boards of clubs, boards of um, boards of federations mm-hmm. but for me I know that she loves coaching Yeah. so I think removing her from the pitch might be a little bit difficult uh, <laughs> but she 
yeah, I think the world's a royster. She probably knows exactly what she wants in life as long as she can get that interaction with the players um, and get that joy. Because, you know, at the end of the day, what, what the, 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 the most important thing about football is really embracing everyone. It's for mm. everyone, isn't it? And I think that's what she really, re- really represents. So if she can do that in some capacity moving forward, then... I think she would embrace it. She's not just breaking barriers, she's smashing them down oh, yes. with a blooming sledgehammer, isn't she? <laughs> yeah. She's incredible. Um, right, so FIFA Best Awards. Emma Hayes as the best FIFA women's coach for 2021. Uh, Leon's Christiane Endler named best goalkeeper. Christian Sinclair wins FIFA Best Special Award. Uh, and the best player is Barcelona's Alexia Pateas, who also won the Ballon d'Or, of course. Uh, they are not the controversial uh, winners. <laughs> the controversial... <laughs> side of these awards is the best 11 um, and I, I want you to recreate the shock in the last <laughs> break Claire Rafferty that you gave me when I read this out to you so in goal Endler uh, as we said who was named best goalkeeper anyway so you'd expect that uh, Lucy Bronze Millie Bright Magdalena Eriksson and Wendy Renard as the defenders uh, midfield a Stefana Benini uh, Barbara Bonanessa and Carly Lloyd. Uh, forwards, Marta, Vivian Miedemar and Alex Morgan. Um, now then, quite a few of those players haven't played much football this season, Raph. Recreate um, that moment for okay. me. <laughs> I, I think it's, it's um, my mind is blown, but actually at the same time it's not because the issue is exactly what we'll be, we'll be banging on the drum about, the exposure of women's football. I find that a lot of the times people just don't have the visibility still I don't know players vote for this themselves but the player themselves if they're not playing against them or haven't played against them internationally you don't really know a great deal about some some of these players all around the world how do you not know when you're a player how do you not know because it's know? just not there how are you how are you meant to know well but but we've got the content nowadays but, you yeah, can go I, and search it you can you I know still get think, I, I still illegal. think what no, it I'm not is, saying that <laughs> what, what, I, I, what I think is it's very much uh, an opinion you're told mm. Um, so there's snapshots of clips, you know, highlights. Yes, we have all that, but we have opinions from journalists and we have the highlights. But I don't think there's much room for making up your own opinion on the quality of some of these players because you get to see a short snapshot of, of you know, a, a game. Mm. And I don't think you can you can form a, um, a non-biased opinion on the back of that. But I am very shocked to some of these players because it's quite lazy, I think. Some of, some of the um, yeah, the I, I think lazy, lazy is exactly exactly the word. Uh, going back to Emma Hayes, interesting topics talked about this week with regard to her potentially going into to men's football as an assistant, perhaps to somebody like Brendan Rogers at Leicester, who obviously was full of praise for her um, on ITV's coverage recently. You know, stopped stopped his interview to to mention how fantastic. Uh, she'd been could you see that as a as a pathway for yeah her? why not I think um I wouldn't say assistant to be honest I'd like to see her as, as a manager I think obviously the game is different but is it no I think what she'd bring is a totally different mindset um totally different outlook and probably uh, um a slightly more and I can't speak because I don't know kind of obviously Brendan Rogers have a back to back back team but I think it's a different dynamic that Emma will bring I think she'll shake a few things up might ruffle a few feathers. Um, Love that. 
But yeah, I don't know. We'll leave that to our agent to discuss that. Too much preening goes on in football anyway. <laughs> Ruffle those feathers, please. Uh, right, we haven't mentioned the championship results, have we, from the weekend? Durham, uh, another defeat. 3 2 to Crystal Palace uh, this time round. Bristol City beat Blackburn Rovers. Uh, Liverpool 1 0 winners over Watford. Uh, new signing Katie Stengel caught scoring her first goal uh, for the club. Sheffield United needed that boost. 3 1 win over Coventry United. London City 3 1 winners over Sunderland. Charlton beat Lewis uh, by a goal to nil as well and interesting times uh, TalkSport obviously the home of FA Cup and Conti Cup draws uh, and the quarterfinals are on Wednesday you've got Man City Bristol City Arsenal Manchester United West Ham Chelsea and Tottenham Liverpool Shabana Hearn will be doing the draw for the semi-finals live on TalkSport 2 on Thursday at 3.30pm on the social uh, so make sure you join her TalkSport 2 Thursday 3.30 if your team is in the semi-finals you will find out who they will be playing uh, live here on TalkSport 2 Claire Rafferty it's come to an end it's flown as it's it always so does I've missed you so much Faye it's been lovely oh I've missed you too and I can't wait to have you back in the studio again with us it's been such good fun so much to talk about as always I'll see you soon I'll see you soon thank you very much to Claire Rafferty Chris Marshall as well Enia Luco of course Bradley Hayden producer Flo and all of you as always uh, for listening don't forget if you do miss any of the show you can download the women's football weekly podcast via the talk sport app hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life pretty litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.